Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go, Outkick 360 is back. Thursday edition is here. That means Trey Wallace will join us in 20 minutes from Outkick.com. Also from Outkick, our NFL writer. Armando Salguero in our number two headlines. We have plenty of them throughout today's show. So broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We've got live U.S. Open leaderboard updates for you coming up uh, in a matter of minutes. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Excited for a big day here on the show. Excited to, for some U.S. Open talk, some uh, delay in baseball talk. A little bit of everything today, plus football throughout. Weeks flying by, too. Uh, speedy. Hot one. Feels very summery. Got game six tonight. The NBA season could end this evening in Boston where the Warriors can close it out and Curry and company can win their fourth title um, as the, the, the big group there. They've rebuilt their entire nucleus except for their main three guys and, of course, Steve Kerr. Uh, but to go from the worst record in basketball, what, three years ago, to now being back at the top of the mountain with a chance to close it out. Uh, pretty remarkable when you think about it. Meanwhile, um, game one of the Stanley Cup final, that, that was last night, Colorado and Tampa Bay going to overtime and the Avalanche winning 4-3. to three. We will uh, discuss all of those coming up. Chad, we've got the U.S. Open underway round one today um, up in the Massachusetts area at the Country Club. I love the name of that course, The Country Club, much like Bobby Carpenter's The Ohio State University, which is The Country Club. one of the original PGA courses. Three giant names at the top, and by three I mean one. Roy McIlroy is that one. I'll give you another one that's a giant name recently with current events. Kevin Na is three under through five. Now, these guys are all finished for the day. Callum Taron, the Brit, is a three under. David Lingmurth, the Swede, at three under par. Roy McIlroy... At three under, Joel Dahman, an American. At three under, Kevin Na. The story on the course right now, three under par through five. Uh, Then you've got a bunch of Americans at two under par. Colin Morikawa at one under. Um, Looking for Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas got to a rough start. We were watching a little bit earlier. He hit one from a bunker over the green into another bunker. He's at plus one through five. Phil Mickelson, plus two. Through three at this point. Also off to a rough start. Jordan Spieth done for the day at plus two. So the story is a very motivated Roy McElroy, tied for the lead right now. And Kevin Na, one of the enemies of the PGA Tour, off to a great start. So right now, that's the, the story to watch. I'm amazed by all these, these, these things written about Roy McElroy. And well, now he's got the motivation. Right, he just won. Like he's really fired up now against all these anti-PGA guys out there, just taking the money and running. 
And he's extremely motivated. I'm thinking earlier he didn't care at all, Chad. Where was the motivation before? There, I feel like there's been a stretch here where I've been rooting for Rory to do something in a major, and it hasn't happened. It just needed to get motivated, I guess. Uh, Saudis weren't uninvolved, and he didn't care. And that lift tour has really gotten to him. So that's the storyline right now at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Did you, did you mention Rom, uh, the defending champ? John Rom is one under and done for the day, so two off the lead, right there. So they in contention. They Will, Will Zalatoris, another one at one under, finish for the day. They have increased uh, the the winner's purse uh, a bit. So John Rahm got two point two or two point three million last year uh, for winning the U.S. Open. It's been increased to over three million this year. Meanwhile, the entire purse is up by five million. So the USGA, um, while it's nowhere close to the entire purse of the London event for the Live Tour, um, they are inching closer to at least getting in the the stratosphere, uh, if we even want to uh, say they're approaching that, well, of what the better. Live will, will, will offer. And, you know, the guys on the Live Tour are more than welcome to participate in this, in this event. So that, that's the other key. Phil is there. Two others uh, on the course right now, Dustin Johnson. I don't know if they're playing together, but Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau are both through three, even par, through three holes to start their first round at the U.S. Open. And did you mention Phil? Phil was plus two through four. I'm going to see if he slipped even more. He's off to a very bad start. Phil Mickelson, still scrolling. That's good. Brooks, Brooks Kepka, by the way, I've been playing well. He's plus two through four. Phil Mickelson, plus two through three to start his round. So he starts two over. We And, and keep in mind, you, you've got some that will tee off on the back nine and some are teeing off on the front. So um, what could be a slow start for some could end up being – a slow finish for others, depending on how challenging each of the, the, the two are, are playing there. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the show on, on the U.S. Open and the, uh, the golf major that's taking place. Game six tonight, Golden State against Boston. And uh, Steve Kerr told the locker room after their win where Curry did not play at his best, didn't hit a three, 16 total points. They win anyway. Wiggins and others led the charge, and Kerr said, we're going to Boston to close this thing out. Do we think the season ends on the Celtics' home floor this evening, or do we think we have a Game 7? I, I picked Boston in Game 5. In Game 6, I'm still leaning Boston's way. I, I, I'm going to go with my prior uh, to the series prediction and say the Warriors in 6, even, even after the Celtics stole Game 1 in San Francisco. I, I didn't think it was uh, legit. I, I thought they were insanely hot in that game, and they would cool off eventually, and they have for the most part. I think the Warriors go in and get it done. I think Steve Kerr is going to look like a prophet at the end of this, and they're going to Boston to win this series. That, that surprises me, quite honestly, the way Boston had been playing. But um, it's amazing also, you, you see the, the ratings for this series. They're terrible. Yeah, they're down. They're really bad. I was, and, and that surprised me because the NBA playoff ratings have been up. They've been very good compared to recent years. The finals are down. Boys, I think we have a case of this has taken too long to get to this point. It feels like it's just been too long, right? There was interest early on in the playoffs. Ratings were up, and the further and further they went along, they went down, down, down. I think we say annually. I mean, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs extend too far into into the summer. And um, it's a problem, but... You know, if they don't extend this far into the summer, there's not a lot going on in the summer. 
You know, if the World Cup was happening right now, I did a Fox News uh, update on this. You know, the World Cup should be going on right now. And that's, but that's only every four years that it would be filling this month as the major sporting event going on. And I think the NBA and the NHL's answer to that is, if not us, what? You know, the, the sporting calendar is, is empty without us going on right now. But it makes the season feel so longer. If they chop down the front half of it, I don't think we'd be uh, as, as tired of it or feel like, my God, this has been going on forever. But I, I agree with you, Chad. It feels that way. Um, and, you know, the games haven't been, haven't been great. I feel like, I always feel like, and I certainly feel this year, like we'll be being put out of it a little bit when it's over. There's a sense of relief, like, wow, that's finally over. Because it's such a marathon. Well, and it's, it, the game five was down 5 million viewers from four years ago in 2018. Now, that was LeBron and the Cavs versus the Warriors in that series. So there's a LeBron factor there. But 5 million, that's a third of – I mean, that's, it, they drew 13 million people for this game. That's a third of your audience down. Yeah, Boston over star four power isn't, isn't something people – I mean, the Celtics but it's are Boston. a big deal. It's, but yeah, it's the, it's the market. Celtics it's not like uh, – Keep in mind, that's down to – compared to Bucks and Suns. Like, we're talking Warriors and Celtics here. NBA can make all the excuses they want yeah. to, and they can point to streaming. They if have, the streaming, if the streaming numbers were great, they'd be pointing those out immediately. No, you're right. And and uh, there's not you're not making up the difference on the streaming numbers for for what they're trying to sell. But um, there, the Warriors are cashing in on the social media aspect of things. And so is Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Uh, and the Warriors' Instagram page, they've added 1.2 million followers this postseason alone. That's amazing. And Curry's playoff content on that account accounts for 231 million views. This was prior to Game 3. So You're talking content that specifically focuses on Curry? Stuff of Curry? Curry's their, playoff content, their... yes. Um, on, on, for the Warriors, 231 million views. So he catches the eye and people want to watch unfortunately the nba um you can catch it in a highlight reel now instead of watching it as a four-quarter game and um it's something i've pointed out uh, a lot throughout this this postseason um it's always been over the course of i'd say this era um what the last decade of these stars the current stars it's been about a five-minute game where no matter where we are in the game Five minutes to go, you can tune in in the fourth quarter, and you have a run where it's going to be a close finish, and it's going to play out over the course of 35 to 40 minutes. That's, at least that's what it feels like. Um, now, that's not every time, but you know we had a running joke for years on the show where if, if a three-minute warning came up in the game, we would text each other, yep. and you'd flip over, and you'd catch a pretty good finish, and you'd have a storyline And there. that's what we talk about. Nowadays, I mean... You don't even need that. Yeah, you just need the... Not Instagram. really. Not really, and, and it, it's even in games, game five, if you want to point to it being a close game, it's a close game, but, I mean, Curry hit misses every three. Um, the Celtics went, what, nine for 40, or was that the Warriors who went nine for 40 it was from beyond the, the, the Warriors arc? won the game won the game with that, 40. with yes, Curry not yes. making a three. So, I mean, the, and Boston started 0 for 12 from beyond the arc. I mean, it's just... Um, it, it, even the close games weren't necessarily pretty, and not everything has to be... Flashy. I mean, a, an old school battle in the '80s can be fun, but it, there's it's too and far between, right? Yeah. Like a, 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 with, with what we're seeing now, um, 
And there's too many reasons to just watch the highlights and the post-game coverage than it is spending three hours watching this current product. And I referenced a story from from uh, The Ringer a couple weeks ago. You, you can remember a series as being a classic series from one or two close games. Yeah. You know? And yep. so this is a close series game-wise. We talked about this throughout the playoffs, hockey and, and uh, basketball, that there are a lot of close series that don't have a lot of close games. And I, 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 and how, and the other thing, Hut, is like a lot. We see a lot of problems in sports that are fixable, whether the league's willing to fix them or not. We can sit here and draw up pretty yeah. smart solutions. But if if I say, okay, let's spend twenty minutes on close game problems, <laughs> there's nothing. Well, we asked we asked Brandon Wright this question, Chad, last week, uh, last Monday, about you know the mentality of what the and he more or less said like. You get to a point in the game as a professional now where you look at the scoreboard and you just realize they're the hot team tonight. We're coming back in two days. Save and we'll, the gas. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the mentality now, and that's unfortunate. But that is, that is where they're at, really. Not only does it suck for the TV audience, the sport, all that, but think of the person that's paying 700 800 2000 bucks for their one yeah. time to be at the finals in their life. There's also there, there's an element to this, and you guys tell me if I'm completely off on this because I, I I may be the only one that feels this way. The ESPN element of the NBA coverage with ABC it doesn't feel like an event to me. When it, I know it's on ABC, it's on the network, and I'm watching the Stanley Cup Final on ABC last night, and Sean McDonough's voice feels Electric. like an event. Electric. When I'm watching it, the Stanley Cup Final. When I watch a pregame with Stephen A. Smith and Jalen Rose, I feel like I'm watching 4.15 p.m. on ESPN on a show arguing with each other. And Michael Wilbon on there. It, there's something about the setup of ESPN on site and their broadcast. And this is not some huge indictment of everything they do. I mean, they've had the NBA for a while. This is nothing new. But I watch the pregame build into a game, and I think this is not big time. This is not something I need to watch. The people that are involved, the way it's set up, I'm not thinking this is a big-time event. When I watch inside the NBA in the building for the Western Conference Finals and Charles Barkley's arguing with Warriors fans, it feels big. This doesn't feel big to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They're they're out in the concourse or they're out in the – they're outside, right? You've got the fans walking. I mean, it does feel like the the championship. I will also say – like. Um, your typical NBA Finals is a build for a certain storyline. You know, there's a team that's overcoming something. They're trying to reach a marker. Um, really, the only repeat. thing you, 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 yeah, you repeat. Um, but even so, like you've got LeBron and the championships chasing Jordan, while he's also chasing um, and trying to keep up with at the time Curry and Durant and these mega teams with his own, right? And, and trying to bring a title to Cleveland or You've always got these storylines within the actual championship itself, and I just don't—I don't think that these two teams have all that. It, like, it's tough to buy into whatever story you're rooting for here. If you're not rooting for a market or a team, you usually get behind the storyline. And other than Curry winning his fourth and what that can mean to his overall legacy, I mean, nowadays we have the legacy list in you know, chats and discussion and Mount Rushmore rank. I mean, it's every day now. So it's nothing new 
from what they had a year ago with him and whether or not you would rank him in the top 10. And I, I think the casual fan is tired of that discussion. That, that's unfortunate for Steph Curry, but he alone can't move the needle for a massive audience that's going to tune out unless you give them a reason to tune in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. you're dead on there. You're not coming in if you're somebody like me that watches, you know, a little bit more and a little bit more round by round. You're not coming into oh, this there's be a build and to plugging it. Yeah. into something that kind of sweeps you up. And there's nothing so, here. Last year there was, I felt like last year. Oh, you, I mean, last year was way more intriguing. Chris Paul than this. And, and Giannis, and I mean, I'm, I'm going through. It was, there was a freshness to it. Well, and it was, uh, uh, you were going to feel good for whoever won it with Giannis and Chris Paul, right on either side. The small like, just, market winning. Yeah, there was something about it that uh, would, would draw you in and you'd root for something. Here's, I, a, here's I watch another these one. teams and they're not, it's not like they're not likable. No. Uh, or they're villains or any... I mean, I Draymond Green's definitely a villain. But I watch it, I don't think I'm rooting... It's not like I'm rooting against either team. I'm just not pulled in enough to really root hard for either team either. Here's another thing that I wonder... There's if not a driving a factor, factor for that. A factor in ratings. Maybe just a small one. Tell me if you think I'm on to something here. And I'd have to go look state by state. Last year was the first year our state, Tennessee, had legal betting. We were doing... I was doing a lot more night to night betting on basketball because it was the first time that I did it. Yeah. I'm not doing it this time through. So I don't have a betting angle on the games, or maybe I have one $5 bet as opposed to multiple things. And so last year I was a lot more interested in a lot more permutations of the game than I am now. How many States have people like me who went the first time through with it and we're more into it and second time through we're less into it. How well, many I mean, states are going through it the first time now and not the second time? Well, compared through? to last year, we've only added what two states for online app. So I would think maybe bed. there's a little bit of that. And maybe Three. next year there are more five more big states well, that come in and that helps them and they get that that one, first time through. One thing that has changed, uh, Paul, is Chad at this time last year had a lot of money in his Mickelson account. Mickelson won the PGA. He was and loaded. Now he's got ninety one cents. Is it still <laughs> well, ninety one cents? I, I I cash out a lot of those winnings also. It's not like I've just been playing with that seven hundred and something dollars I won off Phil Mickelson. But you had more. Oh, I had a lot more. I've had more twice now. I've had to re-up a couple times. I don't know if you'll ever be lower. Uh, I, look, you can't I, be lower. <laughs> I need Justin Thomas to pull it together. On your 91-cent da- Davis Riley, who finished, I think, two or three over for the day, to really step up. So did you divide the 91 cents into two bets? Well, I, I got. I was, down to, I was down to 391. I went a dollar on Justin Thomas, a dollar on Davis Riley. For the day? If Davis so, Riley wins the, the tournament, tournament, I win $78. So, you know, there's, so I'm back in business. The, uh, <laughs> I'm the, right there. <laughs> Guys, I'm right there. All he needs I'm right is there. for a long shot to win. The Davis person Riley. behind the computer or whatever, like uh, at FanDuel, uh, that notices at- all the bets coming in, right? He and sees this one. Do, do you think they look at Chad's like seven-cent parlay <laughs> as a guy that has a gambling addiction or someone like my mother who went to Vegas one time and lost uh, like a dollar in nickels? Well, she they, was betting nickels, and she was so upset about. It. Do you think they look at? Oh, here's I mean, they here's look Withrow at, from I Tennessee. They, they look, look at, at what I bet and what I spend, and know I don't have an addiction. They don't. Because I'm not going over five dollars oh, on anything. Like, again, this is tongue in cheek. I played for two and a half years. Seven cents bet really I, get him over. Well, here's here. what I envision, Hutton. I envision like a Truman Show type setup 
where there's like two FanDuel employees who are really rooting for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're watching like, man, if this Davis Riley gets in, this yeah. guy's, guy's going to have we keep $78. Them. We keep, no, because then he can go back to his $5 four-leg parlay. Because they've got, a, they've got a side bet on you. And how much, if you lose, will you come back? How much will you come back with? Jeff, how long will it take you to come back? They're invested in my life now, right. having seen this. I, I'm yeah. not telling you, and I'm not trying to give you more work. You should it's do a Disney a, story. You should do a daily post under Outkick Bets of your seven cent parlay, like until every I night. run out. Yes, until you run, until you rank, you crank it Bring up. Bring it back until you have seven thousand. Here's what. Maybe I'll write a column about how to make ninety one cent stretch. Chad Withrow has <laughs> yeah, ninety one cents that's a available, great call. and he's telling you how he's going to get above a dollar by the end of the night. Like that, I love it. There are thousands of idea. Chad Withrows out there that don't have a dollar down to this bet. Idea. And that's meanwhile, a great idea. but you better get on it quickly. Yes. And it, once you post one, you're going to have to post one every day. So get ready. Well, I need to start now. We're going on a run. And then That's my I, point. I can update what oh, yeah. 10-cent parlay I placed at, every day. Hey, I've got a column going Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, so don't bump me. I, I can uh, – I can. well, this is a daily post, though, under the Outkickbacks column. Chat. Yeah, but he's and, already and, bet this 91 cents on stuff that concludes Sunday. Oh, is it, you have triple zero right now? No, no, I've got some money. Yeah. No, I think I've got 91 cents. <laughs> I got, love it. I haven't bet since I bet the night – so. Last really night, last up. night I bet two winners, outright winners at the U.S. Open. He has a bet since last night. Yeah, but I, yeah. it's, been, it's been a long <laughs> but time. But think about it. Like, uh, starting to get the shakes over here. <laughs> the headline a year from now is: Is there any Russian soccer going on right now, guys? What's what's live? Hey, hey who's the Chinese darts? tennis federation? Swanson, who's the darts favorite right now over in uh, Siberia? We're gonna find something going on right now. I, I just There's some it, women's basketball being played in Serbia. I'm about to bet on. I, I'm thinking of uh, uh, outkicks. Chad Withrow goes from 91 cents to part. Uh, in, in investment capitalist of uh, new local uh, betting service. Well, you know what's going to happen. 12 months from now, he's a kingpin. Somebody's going to see this sob story and they're going to start a GoFundMe for him. Yeah, Brett Mickelson's going to be reaching out to you for your success rate. <laughs> and Mickelson's like, hey, you want to put some action on that 91 cents? <laughs> I'm your guy. Trey Wallace is uh, on deck for us here on 360. We're going to get into the SEC headlines that includes the matchups for the SEC Big 12 Challenge for college hoops. Those have been announced. We'll tell you where Tennessee uh, will be playing this year. He's got the details there, plus other headlines for the College World Series and much more. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, a trusted partner that keeps us at 360 mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. Vitalifescience.com is where you can find these great supplements. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Once you take them, your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Every morning, I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and the glutathione. Simple, single-use package you can grab and go in the morning, take them with you for the day. But they have many more to choose from at VitaLifeScience.com. That's V-I-D-A, VitaLifeScience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. 
<laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network each and every Thursday. Love both of our main guests from Outkick.com. Armando Salguero joins us in an hour. Right now we say hello to Trey Wallace. We talk Southeastern Conference headlines with Trey, and you can read his great work at Outkick.com. Follow him on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Trey, hope you're doing well. Guys, doing good. Uh, Wrapping up, you know, we're getting ready to start the College World Series. We've got college football that's starting soon. we got NBA draft with college basketball. It just never ends, guys. It's never an offseason anymore. I've come to learn that real quickly. Hey, uh, we were were talking odds right before you joined us. College World Series-wise, four teams from the SEC are in. Among the group, who would you place your money on and why? I really like Texas A&M right now. The way that they've been playing down the stretch, I mean, man, my goodness, the, the, the series they were able to win, um, you go 24-3 and three down a certain stretch, you look at their offense, their pitching has really stood out to me. And this is a team, I think, you know, going back and, and, and kind of looking at it, this was a team that was kind of dead in the water, you know, halfway through the SEC year. And then all of a sudden they just go on a rampage and they do well enough to get – the fifth overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So if you're looking to have some fun this weekend and if you're looking to maybe look ahead for a week or two, throw some money on A&M. Um, I would say also, if you want to get a little risky, put a little money on Ole Miss. Maybe that pays off towards the end. I mean, there's some uh, fun storylines to watch over the next week and a half. I know Tennessee fans won't like that, but – if you want to make some money with FanDuel, maybe Jack can use his 97 cents to bet on somebody. <laughs> By the way, I was off. I had a dollar nine. I thought I had 91 cents. I was over a dollar, but I just placed a uh, seven-leg parlay for 10 cents that I'll get to a little bit later. That may, got, I, may, I may be back. <laughs> when you've got that much money in your account, you lose track I, I, of, of I what it is. I may be back. Uh, Tennessee. You do the same thing as me, by the way, because I usually, if I, if I have like $2 in there, like tonight, I'll put that $2 on like, so many crazy different parlays, same game parlays for the NBA game, and hopefully it hits. So Everybody's, you're doing good. No one's going to be laughing when Davis Riley wins this U.S. Open, and then I'm I'm back. Uh, speaking of back, Trey, Tennessee not back in Omaha. A terribly disappointing finish for Tennessee. Notre Dame, a team that a year ago came very close to beating Mississippi State in the Super Regional, who went on to win the national championship. They get it done this go around. I guess my question is with with Tennessee. I mean, they invited this, right? There's a trampling on their grave because of the way they behaved all year, so they should have expected this type of response to them losing. Is this something that's going to continue with this program? Do they invite that level of hatred from everyone and they're fine with it? And is this level of success going to continue with Tennessee baseball with how they're recruiting and what they're doing with Tony Vitello? There's something that's probably going to stick out. I think you're going to see during the college baseball broadcast, I think you're going to see Tennessee brought up a decent amount because they're going to talk about, hey, look, look at the teams that are here. Look at the teams that was number one in the country for the whole season and did, you know, didn't make it. I think you'll hear a lot about that. I think the social media stuff, like that was just waiting. Like when that final out came in that game, like people were people had drafts saved on Twitter. They were waiting to go back, click on it, and bam, pounce on Tennessee. And and look, it, it, oh, I didn't know Vandy it, fans still followed sports until I saw Tennessee <laughs> lose. It was amazing. They all fired yeah. up the Twitter machine again. They were right back in it, completely disregarded. Well, they lost the week before and were zero and four against Tennessee this year, but they're right back into it once that happened. 
what got me and what is so funny is like the people that that act like, you know what, we don't care about Tennessee either way. Like we don't care if they win or lose. But then when they lose, damn, you're spending hours on Sunday just attacking the Tennessee baseball program, which is funny, which goes back to our, our earlier stuff that when, you know, Tennessee drove headlines in SEC baseball this year. Um, so, look, I, I think it, it, it's deserved so what they're getting. They understand that. They're not stupid. Tony Vitello, man, he was out on the road recruiting the next day. Um, this is a baseball team that they're hoping is going to get better. Uh, they got players coming back. They got transfers coming in. I don't think you're going to have to, you know, the 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 chatter is probably going to keep up for another, like, week or two. And then folks are going to go move on to, to, to college football. I think in, in, like, a town like Knoxville, you know, they're – they're, they're talking about, you know, transfers coming in and who can we get from the portal and what's the team going to look like next year? Like, it's good to see from a college baseball standpoint, because we see this in other towns, but it's good to see that baseball stings to people. I think that that is the one thing that stands out to me. Like, it hurts people that they lost. And that's what you want to see, because you see it in Starkville, in Oxford, in Nashville sometimes. So Tennessee's, they're, they're building themselves up. And Chad, I think... This program's not going anywhere. They're investing money. Um, Tony Vitello's doing a, a, a great job, I think, on the recruiting trail, uh, landing a couple transfers, rebuilding next year's squad, and that's all That's all you can ask for. That's what I wrote about this afternoon. Like, it's going to be a completely different team next year. It's not going to be the same rambunctious group, but they'll find their own identity, and it'll be fun to watch next season. Trey Wallace with us, Outkick.com, the site. Trey, uh, looking at the SEC Big 12 challenge for hoops that was released, we know the matchups, Tennessee and Texas, um, Kentucky and Kansas, uh, and others. What stands out to you from the matchups? And and Chad and I were discussing earlier today a a lot of running it back on matchups that worked for TV a year ago. Well, I think that's what stands out to me. The other one that that I kind of looked at was it's not SEC Big 12, but it broke today. Alabama and Gonzaga are going to play in Birmingham December seventeenth. That's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, that's a that's a return matchup because you remember Alabama had to go out to the Northwest last year. Um, I, I think you know games like Kansas and Kentucky stand out. I think easily. Um, you you look at Alabama Oklahoma. That was a fun game. Uh, Tennessee Texas. You know Rick Barnes had to go down to to, to Austin last year. Um, and then Texas will do the return trip this year. I think there's there's a lot of rematches in this thing, but I still think it's going to be fun for fans that want to travel and go to these events. Um, but the, but I think you know, the, like I and I said just said it. Like I think the one that got you know it was over everybody else was that Gonzaga matchup. When you get Gonzaga coming down here to to this area, um, you know, a three and a half drive hour drive from Nashville or here or wherever else, and people can go watch that. Uh, at a Birmingham arena that holds about 18,000 people, that's going to be pretty fun. So the Zags are heading south. So I think that was the bigger news of the day, even besides the SEC Big 12 Challenge. You said that's the 17th of December. So uh, Gonzaga and Alabama on the hardwood. Meanwhile, they'll be going up against the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, the Cricket Celebration Bowl that day, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, Lending Tree Bowl, and uh, we should throw in the Myrtle Beach Bowl while we're at it. Actually, no, I take that back. That's the day after. Lucky I think it, for them. I think it's safe to say that Alabama will not be participating in those bowl games, so there will be no conflict for Alabama fans. 
No, I think it's safe to say I'm going to go cover the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't care who's playing in it. So, you know, we'll be good on that there front. And then, I don't know, either the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, my hometown. So, whatever. It is what it is. So, we know Butch Jones a big believer in momentum, right? Capturing some off-season juice and momentum, however you can. This yeah. man just got a contract extension after going 2-10 and 10 today. <laughs> got a contract extension. Through 2026. You can't lose him. I know he's recruiting well at Arkansas State, Trey, but what do you make of this? Arkansas State kind of recruits well to begin with. I mean, let's look at all the other, look at the past Arkansas State. Look at the coaches that have come through Arkansas State. Like it's a nice well, list of Sunbelt opponents. I'm putting my money on Arkansas State to have the best or one of the two best recruiting classes consistently. Let's put it Absolutely. that way. Absolutely. It would be it's either them or Appalachian State. Like that's how I look at it, um, and that's going against my South Alabama Jaguars. But yeah, no, that's hilarious. And the, and the fact that you come off you come off a season where you had this horrible losing streak in there, you beat Louisiana Monroe to to save the season, you know, and you're still going two and ten, and then you automatically you're, you're now you're getting a year raise or I'm sorry extension, but you're also getting a little bump in pay too. So that threw me off. It's like, who else is – here's always the biggest thing when it comes to these coaching contracts, and this is what agitates me sometimes. Who's coming after the coach that you felt like you needed to give your current coach another year on his contract where you're going to have to pay him more at the end when you're going to fire him because Butch Jones will be fired by Arkansas State at the end of the day probably. So you look at it and you're like, okay, why, why are we giving this an, ex, an extension? But I felt—I guess they felt like they needed to make some news. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. Butch Jones, uh, he drives news, and he drives a lot of it here in the state of Tennessee. And um, it really didn't make sense to me, but I've seen crazier things happen, and that's what Butch is doing. So congratulations to him and the Red Wolves and uh, his video board about five miles away from me at Catholic High School. Maybe that'll get an upgrade now. Um, when, was, when was Butch interning with Saban recently? Was it like two Fair years two- ago? Two years ago, because he took the job. Here's, at, here's what happened. Life. So the AD uh, recently retired or, or whatever at, at Arkansas State. The guy who replaced him was Alabama's executive director of athletics during the same time that Butch was there with Saban. So that, uh, that makes sense if you look at the connections. Uh, uh, Purinton is his name, Jeff Purinton. And it seems like a very capable and good dude, but... Uh, it's hard yeah. not to look at the football coach and where they overlapped and see the significance of the announcement yeah, today. He's had one season. To, I mean, he got hired December 12th, 2020, but he's had the one year, 2021, at Arkansas State. He is 2-10 and 10 overall. There's not I mean, two seasons a, it, of work here. Yeah, let him do something. I've seen, some, I've seen some dumb stuff, but it's like, you know, when, when Philip Fulmer in Tennessee gave Jeremy Pruitt, you know, an extension yeah. after his first year. Oh, he's our savior. Well, okay, second year went to hell. I mean, I I will stand up on this table and applaud the athletic director that says, great, let Butch go back and be Nick Saban's intern if if that's the leverage he wants to play. We can go hire someone else if he really wants to go do something. What is he going to say? I'll go back and get uh, Nick's car wash for him again like I did for a number of years while I screwed Tennessee out of money? What is his op- What are his options at this point? Give me a break. Don't make me go back and be a cornerbacks coach. It's I'll do ri- it. But it's ridiculous, <laughs> the, the lack of spine from these guys. Like, I get an AD going to someone who's been wildly successful 
and making sure they're happy. But, I mean, what can agents not get away also, with Also, it's today? one year. I mean, who well, this, who doesn't need more on his resume than one year? What's like, his, just, uh, go, just you're under contract. That That's going to be my work. response from the AD. Yes. What's his salary? Too, too much. Well, I, uh, uh, Here, I'll find there's it. no way this is – I'm looking at the I, – I Googled this and it popped up. Um, I got to be like two. So two I, look at, I look at examples like this of Arkansas State or uh, anyone in this t- tier of a college football class and the, the type of raises and money and extensions they hand out but yet cry poor whenever they go to football scheduling in order for Alabama – to make budget for them by playing them. And this is the crap that upsets well, me about poor. the way they go about this. They, they, they pay these coaches for really not doing anything but not leaving. Like that, that's, They're paying him to stay instead of leaving them uh, to take a either coordinator job or position job somewhere else. Without high demand. $825,000 is what he was paid originally. At Arkansas State, yeah, that's, his, that's his salary. They just got bumped up to something, or at least they just added a year to it. He probably makes like 1.3 with all the incentives, everything into it. And, and a lot of times these schools want to use this one excuse, recruiting. Yes. We want it. You know, if we're out on the recruiting trail, we want folks to know he's going to be here for the next four years while your child is going to be attending Arkansas State or any school. That's what they do this for. They, they do this for recruiting. You know, you look around like Kirby Smart. He's about to get a fat contract here in the next. I would think it's announced sometime in the next three weeks, four weeks, maybe. Uh, but he's going to be a a nine point five ten million dollar man. Um, and and you look at the contracts around college football and, and what's being made right now. And you look at the new TV deals that are coming into place. And I, I think you're only going to see the contract numbers go up. And I think you're only going to see the number of years go up, too, because people are starting to, to figure out, OK, we can make a little money off these buyouts if we need to. When in, in previous times, they kind of overlooked that stuff and in a sense, and you make the, the other school pay for it on your way in. So I, I just think college football is changing. I think with NIL, I think with everything, it's changing. And you know what? These coaches are going to start demanding more money, especially assistant coaches. Watch for that. Over the next year or so, assistant coaches will be demanding more money because they work they have to do when it comes to NIL. I do, I do want to point it out, though, uh, and, and not in response or in defense of Butch Jones, but at the yeah. level of play for the Rays. So they have the number one recruiting class. Paul, uh, uh, Chad pointed out the recruiting that he's doing at Arkansas State. They have the top class in their conference. And I think it is extremely important now to put a value on a coach in place at that level that you feel as though can actually keep a player from transferring out in the in the portal. That that's where there is true value in the recruitment process now at the Sunbelt Conference USA level, where you feel like is a guy goes from Vanderbilt starting at left tackle to starting at on the offensive line at Alabama, that Vandy doesn't look down south and, and try to pick point someone from Jonesboro. Sure. Like, there, there is a value to and I'd say, that aspect. If it's he a does that, if he does that well, then you give him a raise. <laughs> well, right, we've seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and I agree, Paul. We've seen that too. I mean, and, and real quick, like we, Arkansas State took a, for, a couple of former Tennessee players. Uh, my alumni, South Alabama, uh, took a Tennessee player. Um, you, they took a Georgia player as well. So I agree. It goes back and forth. It goes both ways. So if you can... 
know, if you can do a good job and, and recruit well, I guess we'll see what they do on the field. But, you know, I just – I don't feel like you already were signed to one contract and after one year you went two and ten, but you deserved another contract. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Let's see what this guy can do two years in compared to eight months in. Trey Wallace, OutKick.com, for more SEC news, notes, headlines, and much more. Trey, appreciate you, man, and uh, we look forward to catching up next week. Yeah, guys, I'll be in Omaha, so I look forward to nice. talking to you guys. Enjoy. Awesome. Awesome. Good trip. Eat some steak. Yes. Uh, Chad, you, you've been to Omaha, right? I have. Well, I mean, College like. Country. There twice a year. No, no, no. I mean, like, for, like. I've been, more, to, the, more I've than been just to the college. Through. I've been to the College World Series, yes. Went to a Texas-Arkansas game maybe three or four years ago. And loved it. It was extremely hot. And you loved it. That was my takeaway from it. It was too hot to be sitting outside watching a baseball game. But you loved it. Like today, literally everywhere. It it's, was, it's hot it everywhere. Was blow dryer hot. I was, I was chatting with someone earlier about, uh, you know, you, you've, you're in New York. It's got to be uh, great weather. It's like, they were like, yeah, it's 65 this morning. Uh, it's going to be up around 85. And I'm thinking, well, that's about what it is now at 730, 8 o'clock. Yeah. I don't think uh, 85 is feeling good anywhere in the country uh, in terms of the humidity. So right uh, when we, they moved the, uh, the World Cup back to the fall because Qatar is so hot right now, right? Like the, the heat is the heat there. Yeah, when is, I did a Fox sure. News rundown on it, it was a week ago, it was predicted to be 110 there today. Okay, well, I'll tell you how, uh, what the difference is in the states right now compared to uh, Qatar right now. Um, it's, it's hot. But it's not that big of a difference, which is surprising, even though they tried to prepare for it. That's next and Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on. So uh, across the country, it's hot, right? Just looking around. It is blistering here. If you're working outside, if you're listening in, for instance, across the Upper Cumberland, Sports Radio 104.7, you're working outdoors today. Hats off to you. God's Stay speed. hydrated. Uh, I know you're hearing that a lot, but man, um, I respect the crap out of people that are able to do this on a daily basis. Um, and they, those, those people are probably laughing, thinking, man, they, there are way too many people that complain about the heat that work inside. That, that's, for, that, that's for sure. However, um, it, was, it was well known that they moved the World Cup timeline, Paul, from now when it would be playing to November because of the temperature in Qatar or Qatar, however you want to say it here in the United States. I'm going to go with Qatar. That's the way I grew up saying it. I'm going Qatar. Yeah, we, we had the caller once on the both show. Both are right. Both are right. That's what we've determined. Are they both right? I, th- I, I think I'm they're gonna both. So it's GIF or GIF? Mm-hmm. Like, they're both right? I, like I'm, I'm just gonna, we've had that debate, too. We're going to make up the rules as we go and say they're um, both right. So uh, I refuse to make up the rules as we go. Uh, based on the guy uh, who past debate, Jeff said it was Jeff. Um, right now it is 98 degrees, but it's 10 o'clock p.m. there. Last night it was 89 here in Nashville around nine o'clock. <laughs> so it's roughly 
give or take a few degrees, the same. And my big beef with all of this is we're hearing about the heat here and everywhere, and it's like, oh, it's, it's 94, but it feels like 102. And I've told you guys, go with the feels-like temperature. If it feels like 102, that's the temperature I need to know first. Not, you know, if the wind chill is giving us a 15-degree difference in the winter, tell me that before I step outside and witness the feels-like temperature. So uh, I'm sure the 110 there feels like 125, but that's as high as we can go based on the great Google machine. Yeah, and I would think, uh, and obviously U.S., <clears throat> excuse me, is going to have a, a varied temperatures throughout the the Where are space. they training? Mexico? Cutter is uh, the size of uh, two Delawares, I believe. Um, but and who doesn't I, want two I would Delawares? think over the course, uh, two Delawares or one Connecticut, I think. Um, the, over the course of the next month. 72 in Mexico. It will be a lot hotter <laughs> there than it will be. Well, Mexico City's here. high elevation. Now that's The desert of Mexico is going to be a lot hotter. And we will get um, news today, 4 o'clock Central. Um, it's a special show. I can't remember. I, I think it might be on FS1 uh, about the locations uh, for the next World Cup in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Um, I fear Nashville is going to be disappointed, which is unfortunate because uh, it would be massive. But um, well, Nashville's been getting every event. It would be it, it's the first loss. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, it's the first time that an event chose not to come to Nashville as an option, which would be a headline, not just locally, but regionally. We've got headlines for you across the Outkick 360 network straight ahead, including U.S. Open updates for you.